Welcome back to Fold in the Cheese. It's your boy, K-Troll, on the mic. Season 3, Episode 2. Here we go. Football is here. College football has already started and officially starts for the real schools. Like these Wake Forest Demon Deacons. This week, Thursday, actually tomorrow. And um, NFL's coming right around the corner as well. What do you think? Ethan Gelfand, the new commish. He's a new commish, folks. Look out. There's, Watch there's out. With it. He's power hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I already told my league that they will rue the day they appointed me commissioner. They will rue uh, the day. <laughs> you will rue it. Uh, yeah, it's a great time of year. I mean, again, what was it? A couple weeks ago when you could, when I think like when August turned to the calendar, it's like from now until February, like there will always be football on or something like that, which is great, which is great. because This is exactly, exactly. what we are. Uh, so yeah, I like how you say the real teams because actually, like, first of all, our former boy Sammy Hartman played already, uh, lit it up against Sammy Navy. Heisman. You mean Sammy, Sammy Heisman? <laughs> if he wins the Heisman, what are your thoughts if, if he wins the Heisman? I'll be so frustrated, but I'll tell you why I would be mad. Okay, not because he did it for another team, but because okay. he's playing exactly the same as he did for Wake Forest <laughs> and took Wake Forest to like three straight bowl games while he was quarterback. Yeah. And has put up ridiculous number. He's the all-time leader in the ACC in passing touchdowns. He's like maybe second in yardage. I don't know. Like he's he's an absolute monster and got absolutely no coverage in the national media. <laughs> and he goes to Notre Dame, lights it up, and all of a sudden, I mean, he's legitimately on DraftKings, like the third or fourth Heisman pick. Wow. So yeah, you'd be more upset honest. the fact that Wake Forest has been held out of the headlines because of it, and so he didn't get any. But yet he's doing the exact same thing. Same stat line, but yet now he's on Bill. I would just be mad because I'd be like, the only thing that changed is he went to Notre Dame, and people would be like, all of a sudden, be like, oh, Notre Dame, blah, blah, blah. If, if they go to the playoff, if they make it to the playoff with even like one loss or whatever, he'll win the Heisman. That's just that there is, there is this love affair with Notre Dame that the national media has, and it's yeah. insane. It is, it is kind of crushed the entire college football landscape as far as the realignments and all that like notre dame is still the linchpin and everyone's like what are they gonna do it's like who who the hell cares they haven't been relevant in years the last time they were relevant they went to the title game in 2012 with manti teo and got absolutely murdered by alabama so like i don't know well as you said like they're always gonna be relevant it's one of those teams it's like yes no matter what everyone's gonna say like well what notre dame do this year even if they went like eight and five or nine and nine and four like they're still in there again that's based on history you know it's based on you know just the tradition they have you know the gold helmets all that stuff you know i actually remember growing up you know i grew up just outside of boston and that bc notre dame rivalry was spectacular and bc was actually good in those days and so you know doug was before my time but even afterwards those mid to late 90s the, the hasselbecks Notre Dame was awesome it has a couple hasselbecks were thrown in there yep. I was, and then i was i'm older so it wasn't matt ryan's time either so i don't know there is this but don't get me wrong i'm on the same boat as you i i can't stand notre dame for that fact that you're right it's like no matter what they will always be preseason ranked top 10 they'll always get coverage because it's notre dame but again it's not who cares it's just like why 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 <laughs> they're holding the national media hostage and and all these media contracts and everything like they've well, got their the own NBC. deal they're with NBC. NBC. yeah they have their own deal and it's just like you're not you're not playing with anybody else and i guess part of me is kind of like good for you for not being caught up in all this mess because like right college football is about to get straight up ruined but um i'm also like really annoyed because i'm like they're they're like full members in the acc except but for <laughs> like like hockey or whatever and and football and i'm just like right 
jerk. <laughs> I guess I get more pissed off when it's like teams who just think they're bigger than their britches. So if you could back it up, awesome. Like Alabama, if they had their own TV deal, we're even like, yep, you you've earned like totally get that for sure. But okay, so then like a team like an Ohio State pisses me off again because they're so big. But at the same time, like, well, crap, like they have backed it up as well. But Notre Dame, it's like you're right. When was the last time they won a title? They last time they went to the game, they got murderated. Um, you know, they're always just on the cusp of between relevant and like super relevant, and it's just annoying. It's like, dude, yeah. stop. You're, you're just not you're not here. The truth um, is you never know how good they are because their schedule is so wonky. And so yeah, they play USC every year, who has not been good other than like last year, has not been good for several years. Right. And they play now they're playing Ohio State this year. That's good. That, we'll see how they do there. They play Clemson this year. That's good. But, I mean, like they, they've been playing, like, Purdue every year, which is, like, a rivalry, and Michigan for a long time before and they Boston became good again. Boston College, like, teams, you're kind of like, I don't know. If they beat those teams, are they any good? And then they show up in the playoff and get absolutely smoked by an ACC team, you know? So, it's, like, it's hard to, it's hard to tell. I think they're still, recruiting-wise, they still do well. So, there's still a lot of talent on the roster. Um, I do like Marcus Freeman. I think he's a, I think he's a great coach, class act. Intense guy, like I think the players like him. Agree. So we'll see. Um, so and you're right, and I think also the leadership plays a big role for me because I was not a Brian Kelly fan. Oh whatsoever. gosh, couldn't stand that dude. And I don't know if it stems. So when I first started Central Michigan, he was actually the coach at, at CMU. That was his last season, and you know I met him a couple times, and he just seemed douchey. <laughs> just yeah. like okay, you're at freaking Central Michigan. Don't think you're all holier than now and all high and mighty like your best season there was seven and six and then you go to cincinnati uh right yeah so it's like i don't know so for me when there's terrible leadership and just douchey people then your team just gets knocked down like 30 spots for me it's like nope yeah you're never gonna be good for me like i'm done done i was really surprised that notre dame hired him given that reputation because watching him at cincinnati i will never forget him absolutely chewing tony pike a new asshole his best his best player his star quarterback at cincinnati yeah. he just lit into this kid and i'm like yo that is not a good look uh for a head coach and then notre dame grabs him like notre dame is like all about only the classiest only the high caliber you know whatever like, really yeah whatever kind of just like classy stewards of you know yeah. you're the face of the university because let's be honest the head football coach is your face so yeah, so once Brian Kelly was there, dropped 30 spots. So you're, you're right. So now Marcus Freeman is there, and we got our boy Sammy Hartman. So I have lifted some of the regulations off a little bit, some of the restrictions. So they've, they've climbed back up. So it's not like I'll be cheering for him. I'll be I'll be cheering for Sam Hartman. I hope right. he does well. Because, again, it's, it's a tough situation, like the whole Kenneth Walker thing. It's like, you, you know, they start at Wake. It's kind of like, as shitty as it sounds, it's like we're the, we're the minor leagues for your, right. your bigger right. Power Five programs. But at the yeah. same point, it's like, you know, they got their start there. Wake obviously found these diamonds in the rough and found these, you know, these gems and and did some production. And then sadly, developed they them. Wake is known as like a school that develops players. That's kind yeah. of why Wake's football team has been as good as it has, because well, obviously we, we keep all these like fourth and fifth year guys. Right. But it takes a couple extra years to develop these guys. That's why we're getting three star recruits. And eventually we have a good team and it's because they get developed. So well, that's I'm not like, surprised by that. The Kenneth Walker thing always annoyed me because he never – we never really got any credit for that. Right. That's <laughs> it was true. like rarely mentioned. It was like new transfer. Kenneth Walker lights it up Michigan state. He's like a sensation. You're like, he was doing that at wake. Same it's thing. Like Kenneth Walker, Michigan state from whatever high school doesn't even yeah, mention. Right. Skips over like, there were two years. He was awake. 
Sam Hartman, at least they like mentioned like Wake Forest transfer. At least, right. at least there's a, the name is mentioned. But yeah. um, yes, I, I do love Sam, and I, I will always appreciate what he did for the school. He was there for 15 years, so <laughs> he's like 30. Um, so listen, I, I understand, and I also understand why he needed to move on because I think people felt like from a draft perspective, he's only been in this like this offense, this like gimmicky offense. They think so. He's got to prove that he can do it elsewhere. But I'm not surprised at all that he's doing well. I think he's going to crush it. I really do. I think he's a stud. Yeah. He is a stud. Um, yeah. it, it, going back to like with Wake and how they have people stay for 17 years. I mean, because wasn't that Grove? He basically said, if you're a freshman, no matter what, redshirt. <laughs> you are, yep. even if you're like a top five, which we never got, but it didn't matter who you are. It's like you, as soon as you come on campus, redshirt, you are not playing this year. Because again, yep. that, but again, that's the development. You get that extra year. And for a time, it worked, you know, for Grove and, uh, well, before you know, maybe, the whole transfer portal stuff, I mean, that was a really good strategy. You know, guys, yeah. before guys were leaving early and the transfer portal and all that, like, yeah, you expected you would have them there for the whole five years. And so you knew get a free year of just weightlifting, conditioning, learning the playbook, position drills, all that. You'd come out much better the next year. It wasn't even that common for like redshirt freshmen to start at Wake, you know. Right. So even after redshirt year, they still would be like, uh, they couldn't redshirt again, obviously, but like they wouldn't be starters. I mean, they weren't playing until their third year in college, usually. True. Uh, so quickly going back to Central Michigan. Now, I cannot remember if, uh, so you remember um, JJ Watt. Do you remember where he started his collegiate career? I've heard of him. <laughs> Do you know where he started? I'm sure it was Central Michigan. <laughs> it was Central Michigan. He played tight end. <laughs> so I can't remember if he was there for with Brian Kelly or not. But if anything, that's a boom to track from Brian Kelly. Didn't see this stud of a human being put him in yeah, tight end same defensive end yeah so he started his freshman year at uh at central and transferred to wisconsin and obviously the rest is history for jj but chippewas Jeff. always getting the uh the the raw deal <laughs> always so uh, we've got a little bit of nfl news we wanted to cover here too and want to get your thoughts on this whole jonathan taylor drama <laughs> what is happening in indianapolis they've officially not traded him at the trade deadline, I guess, uh, or the initial trade deadline for the pup list. So he's now officially he's on the pup list for, which means he has to miss the first four weeks of the season, no oh, matter yeah. what, if he gets traded or not. Trust me, I was following this closely because in our dynasty league, he was one of my picks, and so it's just great. This is fine. Think this is fine. Uh, but I love how you know. So obviously, the whole drama between him and Ursay erupted, and so he's like, "No, he's we're not trading him. Like we're not trading you. So figure something out." So then I love. A week or so later, he then comes out and says, okay, we, we give you permission to seek out a trade. So basically, like, okay, you go figure it out. Not like the front office. It's like, Jonathan Taylor, go go see what you can get for yourself and then yeah. bring it back to us. Like, that, I thought, was also just super weird. Like, we give you permission to seek out a trade. So Jonathan Taylor just calling up, like, hey, Buffalo. Hello. Is anyone interested <laughs> in me? Bills? Uh, <laughs> would you like me? Would you like to trade for me? So the funniest so, thing for me about Ursay was that he basically was talking about how it's he's not going to sign a running back to like some big deal because running backs aren't worth shit. And then he goes and asks for a first round pick <laughs> for Jonathan Taylor. They're like, "What's it worth to you? First round capital?" <laughs> and you're like, hey, I thought you said they weren't worth anything, and they're a dime a dozen. And you just find another one in the draft. I mean, it's really uncanny to me how poorly this was managed on both sides. I mean, if you're Jim Irsay, you're, you're saying you want all this value. You're devaluing him. Right. <laughs> like, it makes zero sense. And obviously, Jonathan Taylor going back. I mean, one of the top five most mismanaged situations I've ever seen. I mean, Deshaun Watson was definitely up there with his trade. We're not trading Deshaun. They're like, oh, yeah, 
take him. The, well, how about that. the Brown on that for receiving end of that? How about the Browns giving him two hundred million dollars guaranteed? <laughs> that was horrible as well. Was, you had Le'Veon Bell holding out. That was a terrible situation. That's, well, that's what I was worried about with Saquon because there was like maybe I'll hold out. I'm like, do not see what happens. Like, why? I, listen, I sympathize. And and Derek get it. Here in Nashville has been pretty vocal about like we need to have like a running back forum or something like we need to get together and have a conversation we need like our own uh, players association <laughs> running back RBPA we need our own deal because like we're getting hosed here and for Derek Henry I mean you see you see how effective having a running back first offense can be and so That's he's got it. a point but um, yeah running backs are getting shafted right now the problem is like if you hold out it's just one more year off of your shelf life and everyone knows the data backs it up you know 28 29 years old falling off a cliff you know even if you take a year off like Le'Veon, take a year off and you think oh he's gonna be healthy he's gonna come back that's that much less wear on the tires uh that metaphor no no good did not work doesn't matter so it's it sucks it's sad but true you know i mean it's a small sample size to see who's held out but i mean Le'Veon bell is the prime example he was one of the or the top running back in the league for two, three years straight. And yes, he wants to get paid, holds out. And then, yeah, as you said, Granny went to a not a great Jets team, fell off a cliff, and he got paid. But what the ironic thing was, I don't think the contract was for that much more than he was holding out from. So it's like, no, it wasn't. I think it, wasn't might been, it might have been less. If it was, it was more, it certainly wasn't more probably than like the year more, off that he took. It was probably more guaranteed, but the total was probably less. So Yeah, and it and didn't I make get, up for a lost year. I understand that the guaranteed money is is really the kicker for these running backs because yeah they want to make sure they get paid if they get hurt because they're the ones always just slamming into everybody. Um, I get that man. So kind of flowing it. So real quick, kind of going down the line. So Saquon obviously signed a not the franchise tag. It's a one year deal with incentives up to eleven million as opposed to his ten point three that the franchise tag. Yeah. But he didn't sign the franchise. Didn't sign the franchise tag. Uh, Josh Jacobs did a similar thing. You know, he was holding out as well. He, I think, got twelve million up to or up to twelve million in incentives. So again, it's just these guys like, well, we have to do it, but we're going to make it on our terms. On our terms. Uh, Tony Pollard did the same thing, but he just signed it. He's like, I'm, I'm Tony. <laughs> Tony Pollard's like, I'm, I'm just happy it. that you're going to let me start now. So I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm, in. I'm in. So you know, kind of a question I'm going to ask you is with all this, the fantasy implications, obviously. The, the running back situation has just changed dramatically. I'd say, honestly, within the past four or five years, um, you know, obviously you're seeing a lot more platooning. How does that change, especially this season? I think this season is going to be unique in the sense that maybe you'll see a different draft strategy when it comes to running backs. How, what are you seeing and what, what's your vision for this season in terms of the running back position? Without giving away my strategy specifically, no, which, uh, the only reason I say that is hold because on, let me get my spectacle. Say that the again. Clowns <laughs> who listen to this podcast are going to be in our draft, and they're going to sit here and snake me the whole time. But I will say, you and I have talked about this some. I think this year more than ever before, and you're starting to see, I think, a shift. Probably longer term, you're going to see a lot more of that zero RB and hero RB strategy. I think either one of those is going to be a lot more acceptable this so, season. Define hero RB strategy. So. Um, I'll start with zero RB. So zero RB is you, you, I think historically you take a running back and a lot of times like running back, running back first two rounds, just to knock that out and make sure you got two great studs. And then you build your roster around that zero RB would say no running backs in the first, I want to say four rounds is typically like what a zero RB strategy is, which means you might go for those one-off positions like quarterback or tight end. You might jump on like Travis Kelsey, Pat Mahomes, get one of those top guys. So you know you've got an advantage at those two positions. Yeah. Get a couple of stud receivers. 
and then you start building out your running backs with guys that you feel like can just plug in at some point. Um, so that's that's like the zero RB strategy. It may even be later than the fifth round. Hero RB is very similar, except you do draft one stud running back, and that's your anchor, and then you you wait for the rest of your running backs. So yeah. you might, if you're in the first round, and you and I talked about this, I've got the fifth pick in our draft coming up. Austin Eckler might be there for me at five. If he's there, he would be a great hero RB candidate. I grab Eckler, and then I don't address the running back position again for several rounds. Mm-hmm. That's what a hero running back strategy looks like. You build those other positions, including those one-off positions like we mentioned before. Okay, so I don't know. Does your brain work like this? And maybe just because I'm like, I'm super scatterbrained and just I always have just like a uh, a vault of references or songs. So when you mentioned Patrick Mahomes, just for whatever reason, just popped in my head. Everyone's like, why does he just sound like Kenny Powers? And so they do like the side by side clips of him and Kenny Powers. Um, oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> have you heard that? No, I've not seen that. So YouTube it. It's literally him and Kenny Powers are the same person. I mean, not like the assholishness of the Kenny Powers, but the voice and the delivery basically the same. Maybe then, Mahomes' like, brother is like Kenny Powers. Yeah. And then he has uh, a hero running back for whatever reason. Shrek popped into my head with holding out for a hero. One of the great renditions of that song was in Shrek 2. So when he's holding on to the giant gingerbread man trying to get yeah. the fairy godmother. Yeah. Great, great sign, great singing. So I don't, does your brain work like that? You just like um, sometimes I hear words and phrases and think of songs immediately. Sure. Okay, um, okay. Tell me if your wife does this. Anytime says, "Hey, can you give me some ice?" Ice. Uh, every time someone mentions every time ice, 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 baby. ice, ice, baby. Uh, no, no. I also don't ask my wife to fetch me ice. Like, I, what is, what kind of. <laughs> What kind of servitude do you live in? I'm not asking her to fetch me ice, but the kids will say, oh, man, I, I need some ice. And then she'll say, Ethan, go get ice for the kids. Ice, ice baby. <laughs> You're not far off. <laughs> You're yeah. not, Ethan, I'm busy. Get me the, get them the ice. Get them ice. some ice. It's that song. But here's the best part. My wife only knows one line of any particular song. So she'll just say that on repeat. Uh, so it's ice, ice, baby. Oh, what are some of the other? Oh, okay. So it, if we ever go out for ice cream, like, oh, you know what? I'm kind of feeling a milkshake. <laughs> Finish it, Kim. My on. milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. Oh, yep. So that's Kirsten. Again, sorry, tangent. But this is what happens. One yeah. line, just on repeat, because she knows no other words. But yeah. those are the, the key words that will always trigger that. Wasn't there a, wasn't there a game show at one point that was like, finish the lyric or something? Where they had, <laughs> <laughs> she would be fantastic in that show. Be no, she wouldn't. <laughs> no, unless it was the most. Well, from a spectator standpoint, yeah. <laughs> We'd love to watch that. Very entertaining. Yes. Was that beat Kazam or something like that? Oh, uh, that was Jamie Fox, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. Shazam. But I think you're right. There, there was also a finish the lyric, but I do remember beat Kazam as well. Shazam, Shazam. Oh, is that doing the Sinbad Kazam? <laughs> the Kazam, I think, is a Shack movie, isn't it? <laughs> Wait, okay, now we gotta read. Okay, okay, Mandela effect. Okay. Who here remembers a movie <laughs> about a genie and Sinbad was the genie and it was called Shazam? Shazam. Or Kazam. Hang on. No, Shazam. Shazam. Shazam's a music service. I'm trying to Shazam is also the supposed movie with Sinbad. Right. Kazam. No, it's Kazaa, right? Kazaa was a music service. Yes. Yes. That's just and which one was the one where it tells you what song you're listening to? Shazam. Yeah, Shazam. Okay, so 
Okay, let's back up here. Kazam <laughs> was really a Shaq bad. movie. <laughs> Kazam was a Shaq movie in 1996, right? He was a genie. Yes. Um, Shazam is on your iPhone right now, <laughs> or Android, whatever you use, is an app where you can press a button and it listens to the music and it tells you what song it is. Shazam. Also, Shazam was a movie that didn't actually happen, that all of us remember happened with Sinbad as a genie. Again. Some kind of spoof off of Kazam, obviously, but even a skit of a spoof doesn't exist. That is the Mandela effect. And it's garbage. It's a glitch in the Matrix. And Kazaa was a post-Napster music downloading service. Post Napster, pre LimeWire, correct? Right? Yes. Because okay. I feel like I remember as soon as we moved into Wake, first thing Kazaa. my I did, we set up our computers, downloaded Kazaa. <laughs> yes, and all the malware that came with it. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I saw some meme. It's like uh, early two thousands us downloading music was like having unprotected sex with the internet. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. So, Hacker's yeah. dream, hacker's paradise. It really was. I'm surprised we didn't get more viruses and. But okay, I, I don't think people knew how to do that at the time, really. That's true. Computers were new. <laughs> now I, I just said Hackers Paradise, and I immediately went to Gangsters Paradise. So to your point, yes, okay. I do. I do do that. Um, so okay, we talked about we talked about zero RB and hero yeah. RB, and that's a good question. I had a question for you. What oh. do you think is a fantasy impact on the holdouts? That's another question. So how it's, are you? Do you change your rating at all for Saquon for Josh Jacobs? And obviously, Jonathan Taylor tumbles down the board. Where do you where are you comfortable taking someone like him? Well, I mean, I think this also proves why you got to hold your draft later, like basically as soon as as close to the season start as possible. Because again, if we had our draft two or three weeks ago, you're right. Josh Jacobs was not there. He's holding out. Saquon's not there. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor. So you have to drop them down. I foolishly, well, I don't say I want to say I foolishly, but when we did our dynasty draft, we did that about a month ago now, which is wild to think. And granted, it was a very slow one. Anyway. So I took Jonathan Taylor, but I think I got him in like the fourth or fifth round. And again, with the dynasty, it's a little different strategy just because you want younger guys and and a mix of vets and all that. So it is something you definitely have to take into consideration. So first thing is hold your draft as close to the season start as possible for this exact reason. Because, you know, you look at those running backs, Josh Abes and and Saquon, they start to realize, crap, uh, we got to sign something. Let's just get this done. Um, but if they are still unsigned, you have to take that into account because of that Le'Veon Bell. You know there's the history there. You know that is a possibility because with the Jonathan Taylor, that is so visceral and so toxic. You don't see anything happening in that near future. So, I, I mean, prior to this news of him missing the first four games, I would have probably waited until like the second or maybe taken a waiver and see if he made it to the third round for Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. He's definitely not a first rounder. Even the second round was a stretch just because of that. You know, yep. Saquon obviously having the huge bounce back year last year was great. So he's been bumping back up in first rounders, but I don't know if I would be comfortable until the turn while he was holding out. Um, so How about it, now that he signed though, because he wasn't in practice and he wasn't with the team, does that matter to you at all? That does not to me. I feel like these guys are basically training all year and he's going to come right back in. Let's be honest. They're not playing that much in the preseason. Yes. I know OTAs and all that, but I don't, that that's not as much a concern for me. So. Okay. Yeah, I think the only thing you do worry about is like conditioning, football conditioning, not like running. Have you seen Saquon like, Barkley? Let me finish. <laughs> He's a freak of nature. I get that. Not like he can't run. I just mean right. like you know, you know, football conditioning is different Game than conditioning. conditioning. Yeah, and yeah. You, you can end up with like hamstring tweaks and you know weird stuff like that because you haven't been 
and all the stretching drills and the actually doing the drills. So sure. probably not, a, probably not an issue, something to consider. Maybe it bumps him back a spot or two, but I agree. Saquon's probably back at the back end of the first round and Jacobs. Was- what do you think about Jacobs? Cause he, he was going third and fourth round well, because of the holdout because of the holdout. And, and so you know, I think he's going to start to creep back into probably the second round, right? Yeah. I feel like he's gotta be, I mean, he was RB two last year, obviously the rushing leader. Um, but the only thing was, was that a freak year? You know, it's kind of like, he's always been solid. He's never been top five. You know, he's always kind of on yeah. the fringe of that top 10. And then all of a sudden, boom, last year. I mean, if Eckler didn't have his receiving yards and all that, Josh A was by far RB1. So that's, I think the only question you ask with him is, do you trust him? You know, he's not the old, he's not that old. He obviously just signed his one-year deal. So he's, he's ready to go. Um, I don't know. I, and maybe this is this is bad, and this is why we need maybe need to bring back some blind resumes because then that name you're just like it's Josh Jacobs, it's the Raiders, you know. Ugh. I know it's ugly, but I feel like if so, I'm thinking of our draft. So I have the eighth pick of twelve teams. I don't know if I would necessarily if I was a later pick in the second round, I would definitely take him. But I don't know if I'm taking him on the swing back for me. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at. Where like, if he makes it to me, I'm the fifth pick. If he makes it to me, it's a 12 team league in the second, the like middle end of second round. I'd have a real hard time not taking him there. Right. I don't think he'll make it there. But if if you're not going to take him at the eight, it's going to probably have to happen between the two of us. And yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I'm not. I'm not sure. He's a questionable one. That's I the. Pro- told you, I already told you off camera who I'm taking second round. So that's true. I know who you're taking if he's there. <laughs> um. So here's what's here's what's interesting though is like if you think you're going to go into this with like a hero RB, like if I took Eckler in the first round, I was like, all right, hero RB, let me load yeah, up on some receivers. And then Josh Jacobs is sitting there in a second. I'd be like, well, crap. <laughs> I <laughs> crap kinda, strategy. I, yeah. Your whole strategy has got to change. Right. So that's like, yeah, that's like the thing is you've got to be adaptable to your draft room, to what the draft gives you. And I will tell you, I've been doing a ton of mock drafts. I think we both have on sleeper specifically. They have the best mock draft platform imaginable. Oh, you can put in the, the settings for number of teams you want. PPR, non-PPR, half PPR, whatever you want. Pick out your roster spots. You can do it. You can make the exact specifications of your league and mock draft against all bots. And so it's super quick. And so I'll be like, I want, and you pick your spot. I'll take the fifth spot of a 12-team league. It's PPR, start three receivers and a flex. And it's like, okay, boom. They've got all the they've got all the program set up. It starts going. And I mean it's like a second per pick. And then it gets to me. And I'm like, okay, here's your all take a second per pick all the way back. I mean, you can do a whole draft in like two minutes. It's yeah. fantastic. So, so you I've done I, a lot of those. But I will say this, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> since it is bots, obviously you take away that, that human error or human kind of determining factor. So you and I were doing a couple in the car when we were making our, our drive down south. And there was one team, was it either you picked his first five picks? Five running backs in a row. Five <laughs> running backs. You're like, holy crap. Like, Okay. And you can only start three in that in that setting, so like that that didn't make as much sense. But like they're better than you might think about that. Yeah. It's not like they're yeah. it's not like they're going to take it's they're not, not going to take three quarterbacks in a row just because they're the highest ranked. I mean, they do fill out their roster for the most part. Sure. They've got some kind of formula to determine like value based on where they're at. Um, so so that's pretty, is, it's pretty good, fairly accurate. Pretty good. No, the one I, problem I'll it. say is like, and this is the same with every platform. The rankings are different on every platform. Yeah, and that really matters when you're in a draft room and you're looking at who to pick next everyone sees who's filtering up to the top of the list. And there's a lot of bias in there with like, Oh shoot. Yahoo thinks this guy's really good. And if I don't take him, he's not going to be there. I might've graded him as like a sixth round guy, but in the fourth round, Yahoo's telling me to take him like, 
I might need to take him here or else I'll miss him. You know? Do I listen to the Yahoo gods? I don't do I listen to Yahoo? Do I, do I trust my instincts? I don't know. So right. everyone's got kind of a different strategy on that. I think I'm going to trust my instincts more than Yahoo just because I, I like my strategy the best. But also, you've got to play the room a little bit too. You know, so to the point I mentioned earlier with like if Josh Jacobs falls in the second and I'm planning on doing like a zero or hero RB, maybe you just take it because it's there. And and because the platform, he got bumped down further than he normally would have. And I think he's normally like a top of the second pick. But if I'm at the end of the second, and he's there like I, I need to go ahead and take that value. So you need to have like your own idea of rankings, apply it to the settings of your current league. And then use that on top of the rankings that are in your pool to determine like where can you find your values, you know? Yeah. So real quick for you, do you get so it's interesting to say like how obviously different different platforms have different rankings. Do you get highly influenced by that line? Or I get not not that line, where it says like average draft position. So like you might picture a guy who's higher in your mind, but you're saying like, oh crap. He says supposedly it can be three rounds later. Do you take that into account or you're like, no, I want to get my guy now in case I, I he, someone else decides to snake him. Do you I say- definitely take that into account and maybe to my own detriment sometimes, but like I will look down and I, everyone I think does this look down to where my next pick is going to fall yeah. and look at like the three or four guys on either end of that line. And then I'll go maybe even one more round and look down and just be like, okay, so I feel good. Like if I were to take a running back here, I've got a couple of receivers in the next tier and the tier below it that I yeah. like. So, like, I'm okay going heavy running back now because I like boom, boom, boom for my receivers. I might do yeah. something like that. Um, but, yeah, it at the same time, like, there are some, like, major discrepancies between, like, Sleeper, for instance, and Yahoo. I've already seen. I did one mock draft on Yahoo, and I was like, what, oh, my God, they've what got – are we talking about? Which player? Well, they had, like um, – I want to say, like, Miles Sanders was, like, a third-round pick, and Cam Akers was, like, a third- or fourth-round guy whereas like sleeper that had him in like the seventh or eighth or something or, or sixth you know where i was like whoa this is way earlier you know yeah. but for every guy that does that there's probably someone in the opposite who's like a great value later so it i don't know you you kind of maybe it comes out in the wash i don't know uh, i haven't done enough mocks on yahoo specifically but would definitely encourage people to mock on whatever platform they're going to be using mock encourage the mock 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 Dang it. I had one more, kind of one last strategy question for you. Oh, yeah. We're going to wrap it up here. We got to wrap it up. Last last question. Okay. Um, When you're drafting, obviously, you go with your strategy. You talked about, you know, but you kind of alter it as you see the picks. You might get that Josh Jacobs in that second because even though you had the hero RB strategy. But let's say, you know, you filled it out. Let's say you're in like the fifth or sixth round. Do you go for best available talent or are you still trying to fill out your roster? Like, let's say you already have three wide receivers and you need a running back, but then it comes to your pick and you're like, Ooh, this wide receiver is still here. Do you, so what do you do? Do you go for the top talent or do you go to fill out your roster? I mean, I think of it in that specific example, I'm looking, I've, I've got to get running backs. And if I don't see any, like if it's getting real ugly, I think you've, unfortunately you've got to take a running back there now. <laughs> That's a perfect example of when I would skip down to the line in the draft right. and see where you're at. Next. See, like, sure. if I skip on running back again, and I've only got, let's say, I've got one running back, three receivers, and I got a quarterback, so it's the sixth round. I need one more running back to start at least. Plus, I've got a flex still and a tight end. So let's say I jumped on one of the early quarterbacks as well. I'm looking at um, in the sixth round. Maybe it's like Mike Evans or someone that I know you're 
always a fan of that probably is like a legit, a great value. Tyler Lockett, one of those guys that's not super sexy in the draft, but a great value at that, at that point. Yeah. I'm like, okay, that would be a great pick for my team. And I could flex them. So I could still start them. Right. Or I'm looking at like unimpressive AJ Dillon or someone who I know last year I loved this year. I, I will not get fooled again. Still think, by the way, he's probably going to be a total monster, but I'm not going to put money <laughs> on that. Um, but let's say it's like AJ Dillon. I'm like, I do need a second running back. Ugh. So then I'm going to pop down because I'd rather have one of those receivers. I'd rather have Tyler Lockett than AJ Dillon, but I'm going to pop down the line and see what who's going to be down there back? at you know the eighth, seventh, and eighth round that I might be able to use as a running back instead. So right. I guess it's a hedge of an answer, really. You but are hedging. Way to sit right on that fence. But I get I it. would take Tyler Lockett in that scenario. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. But so again, I can right, in that scenario, you're taking the talent. You're taking the talent. I'm taking the talent because you can still flex them. If they can still use them right. as a starting position, I still okay, think last question, I swear. Very last question, because I do not pay attention to this at all. How closely do you pay attention to bye weeks? Oh, my God. I always get screwed on this. I never pay attention. No, I don't pay any attention. And then I'll be no. like halfway through the draft. Holy crap. Week eight, yeah. I literally have no one playing. Yeah, I'll look over and like all of my running backs, including my backups, are all the same bye week. And I'm like, no. <laughs> Okay. The thing is, like, especially if they're later or middle or late to the season, like, if they're week, if they're week five, you're in trouble. But if they're like week eight or nine or ten, your roster's going to look pretty different by then anyway. Yeah. You're going to have backfills. You're going to have other people. You can work out a trade, whatever you need. So I'm not okay. that worried about it. Fair. Fair. I don't care. All right. So yeah, our draft is shoot a week from today. Exciting. So that's going to be the fun. day before the NFL starts, as it should be as every should year be. Wednesday. So Kemmer's got the fifth pick. I got the eighth. I know we did our mock draft last week, so you can kind of see some of what we're thinking. Um, but yeah, I'm a new commissioner on Neighborhood League. I just made the one initiative to go from eight teams to ten, so we've expanded. Big so, time. Big time. Extra revenue. The, Extra the revenue. commissioner's going to love you for that. I think uh, just kind of. I think eight teams, it just gets too super teamy. So, yeah. hey, this is what happens when you make me commission. I abuse that power right off the bat. All about uh, revenue generation. All about it. So, man, all right. Good to be back. Action's only going to go even farther from here on out. So until next time, keep on folding. Fold it.